Coming up today on Locked On Texas Tech, we look back to Ames, Iowa, as we talk Red Raider hoops and a 34-point loss, which will include questions like, what the hell? And we'll also get to a football conversation, which could include as well a question like, what the hell? As Texas Tech wide receivers coach Emmett Jones, now former Texas Tech wide receivers coach Emmett Jones. Et tu, Emmett? We'll get to that and explain next on Locked On Texas Tech. You are Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're going to start this thing off right. Everything runs through Lubbock. Great to be a part of your day once again on Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks to those who have subscribed so far. Do subscribe if you haven't yet, so you never miss an episode. We got plenty to get into today. Football to discuss coming up as we will get to some movement within the Texas Tech football coaching staff something that we already mentioned but now has come to fruition well in the wrong way for a tech fan we'll get to that and what it means but first we've got to get to the debacle in Ames Iowa Chris Level has safely returned from Ames Iowa he is back here in the great state and I don't think there's any way to slice this up or add a silver lining or anything that you're going to feel comfortable about leaving this one I want to give a lot of credit to the Cyclones, but, man, there wasn't a whole lot going the right way for Texas Tech. Yeah, I mean, it, it, was, uh, it, it was really hard to watch. Uh, you just, you know, th- this was just kind of an avalanche, uh, you know, and, and, you know, to, I mean, the earlier example this week is, you know, Georgia uh, kind of doing what they did to TCU, but in some ways that's what it is. It's like you just had no answer. Uh, and, and I, you know, Iowa State, look, they're, they're ranked. They're playing very confident. I think they know who they are. Uh, they, again, I mentioned this to you yesterday, Casey. They, they just remind me a lot of, of Tech's team last year. Uh, old, uh, long. Uh, they, they, and when they hit shots, man, it, they're, they're really tough to beat. And this is what they did against you last night. Uh, 12, this is becoming quite the problem for Texas Tech. There's lots of problems, but this is really a main one right now is that uh, a week ago, Kansas makes 11 threes. Oklahoma on Saturday makes nine threes. Last night, Iowa State makes 12 threes. I mean, you're just having a really hard time guarding the arc and, and like you're just, you know, and because you, you are not anywhere near able to keep up with with that on, on your end and kind of match it uh, because, the, you know, against Oklahoma, you had two uh, last night against Iowa State, you know, they have 12, you have five. I mean, th- those are that, – that's what allows for scoring runs. That's what allows for, you know, just the margin for error to increase or be much, much smaller in Texas Tech's case. And it's just uh, – but, yeah, I could go on and on. I mean, and, and, and I'll just tell you, man, Coach Adams, after the game was over, it's like, you know, that that's unfortunately uh, not a fun part of, of what I'm asked to do is, you know, you go get some comments from the head coach for the radio broadcast at home or, you know, win, win or lose and home or away. And basically he said to me, this has never happened to me before, but we, I've tried doing it uh, kind of their way or a certain way. And uh, I, um, 
uh, you know, we, we've just got to sacrifice for the team. Everybody has. We've got to get back to – we can't worry about individual goals and stats and things like that. This has got to be about the team. And he's like, we've got to quit, we've got to quit playing this way. We're got, we need to start playing a different way. And, you know, and he, he, he was – understandably, he said, hey, this is all my fault. Um, you know, and that's, that's the way this stuff works. I mean, you know, when you're the head coach, you know, you're – you, you you decide you know or you know how how things are operating what you're gonna run who's gonna play um, and he he just said we're gonna make some changes I don't know what what those are or what that looks like but uh, but yeah your your back is against the wall but they kind of knew that going into to last night Casey and Iowa State just kind of did whatever they wanted to it, it was it was really difficult to watch and it was a uh, it reminded me of, of a decade ago, uh, whenever you were one of the worst teams in the Power Five. Had, yeah, I mean, so, and that that's hard to think back to because there's a, been a lot of progress made with your program, and uh, it's just. And I had the, the John Walters who calls the Iowa State games. I'm walking out, and he goes, he looked at me, and he could tell I was like kind of like in shock a bit. He goes, he goes, hey man. We've never been good in football and basketball at the same time either. And I just like he was joking, but I just <laughs> laughed because that's what I said. I said, man, it, it's like you, you're reading my mind. I'm like, I feel like football is 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 starting to get it figured out. And basketball, man, is just kind of, you know, kind of going the wrong way right now. And I don't know, you don't know what to do to try to stop that. But anyway, I've rambled enough. But, yeah, it, it was tough night of names for sure. Well, one thing that doesn't need changing, I hope Coach Adams doesn't start with the color commentary because you're in midseason form, my friend. So just know that we got to look <laughs> elsewhere. Uh, who is there? Whenever you say that he says we tried to play their way, he's the head coach. Who Who is the there? Is he referring to players? Like yeah. I, I, I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, and, and I don't know if exactly that's the I, – I, uh, I think he's talking about players and just – yeah, and and I don't know what he means by that. And I don't know that that's probably not exactly fair. But I, I mean, but I, I I just think maybe he maybe it was more along the lines of I tried to do it this way, and now we're gonna have to we just can't, you know. And and, Chris, and, and I I, I the, say there because he he then changed to we just can't worry about individual goals and 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 we've got to sacrifice for the team, and so that that's why I I'm, yeah. I'm suggesting that because that's where he's like we've got to be connected and be together, and right now we're not because it he's not wrong. It looks like a bunch of individual parts. I oh, mean, yeah. I can't tell you how many times Iowa State is draining threes, and then you're coming to the other end, and it's just airball city. I mean, it's just. I mean, I, I think Haxton and I talked with, but there were six or seven air balls by, by Texas Tech, and I don't know what exactly the goals are on offense at times, uh, what you're trying to get done, what the bread and butter is, um, you know, and 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 we kind of buried the 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 one bright spot is that you did get your guys back, and playing you know healthy, uh, that that were that were injured, but it just. Uh, you know, it, it just was all out of sorts. And then you, you turn the ball over early on and it just kind of snowballed on you because Iowa State forces 20 a game and you, you turn it over, I think, 13 times really, you know, in the early portion of the game before I think you – I think it ended up with 19 total. So, anyway, just uh, – yeah. it was tough. Yeah, 19. Heck, yeah. Beat the average of 20. We showed them uh, six in the second half, uh, as you're alluding to there for Texas Tech. Obviously, the game was, was not in doubt, so I just throw out just about any statistic, I guess. 
as the uh, the ball game progressed in the final 20 minutes. Yeah, it was great to get Bacho and Isaacs back on the floor, but man, I'm just sad at how desperate I was to get those guys back on the floor. Those shouldn't be your two most impactful players, and I don't know that they are, but there's just some vibe like, oh, well, at least we'll get back this freshman and then this other guy that's playing a huge role for the first time in his career, and they'll fix everything. Meanwhile, Kevin O'Banner scores seven points, and – I just don't know where to go when your foundation piece, which O'Banner should be, uh, is giving you seven. And we've seen some nights where I almost feel like, are, are you above this? Like too good to really expend a lot of effort or what, what's happening here? Because that's the guy that I, I'm looking at, Chris, and I think I'm most frustrated with right now. I got to have a conversation with him prior to the year. and He said it was the most important year of his life. And I don't know that I see that that kind of urgency from a basketball sense. I, I don't know what to do. If I had the answers, I guess I'd be in that position. But, man, it was ugly. And there are going to be days where you only make five three-pointers, and I'm not going to have a problem with that because it's out of like 12 or 13 attempts. But five for freaking 26? You think you're a team that needs to fire it 26 times from beyond the arc? I mean, that reminds me of the Chris Walker era where – I was interviewing him on local radio once upon a time and just kind of questioning why in the world his basketball team was taking more than 23 pointers a game when they were shooting it at about a 20% clip. And his response, which cracked me up, made him a better comedian than a basketball coach. I still like Chris Walker. Uh, his response was, but Casey, what happens when they start going in? Which was really no response at all. <laughs> well, I guess you'll be a great team, coach, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. So, you know, Chris, you can lose games – and that sucks, but it's not like, wow, look at all these red flags. But, you know, losing this game, and it's not just the 34-point difference on the scoreboard. It's like sloppy statistical categories or statistical showings. 19 turnovers, nothing new. Five for 26 from beyond the arc. 19 for 52. You shoot 36% from the field overall, and you only get to the free throw line 10 times. You only have 10 assists. Again, you're in that kind of range to show – uh, for a game as a team, you know, as well as I do. Those are the characteristics of a bad, disjointed, not-together basketball yeah. team. And unfortunately, we're sitting here in the middle of January, man. We're, we're four games in the Big 12 play, so well, I don't see it getting much better. I, I mean, it, it's going to be difficult to do that. I, I think, uh, you know, when you start hearing about, you know, making changes, boy, you're just really late in the game, and, and you're basically yeah. guaranteed – I mean, well, let's just look at it this way. The harsh reality is you're, you're guaranteed 15 games left in your season. And I say 14 games of the regular season and then one game in the conference tournament. But that's where you're – I mean, you, you could be playing on the first night of the Big 12 tournament, which is you're trying to play your way into the quarterfinals if things don't get changed and, and changed in a hurry. Um, you know, you've just got to get something. And, and, and at some point, uh, at some point, I, I look at this team and I say, okay, who's the leader? Because you mentioned Kevin O'Banner. He's yeah. he's naturally quiet by nature. He's not like an outspoken, you know, alpha type uh, guy. Right. And, and, and because at some point, this has to start with them and like leadership has to come from within kind of and you have to hold each other accountable you know, Davion Harmon is kind of a he's, – he's a talker, and he, he's outspoken. He's got a great personality, but he's brand new here. You know, yeah. is, is it is – it, would it be comfortable for him to, 
you know, to kind of start, you know, holding people accountable when he just got here. You see what I'm saying? And that's the hard part of the team. When you, when you switch the entire team, it's like that's the culture piece that nobody talks about. And when, 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 when stuff hits the fan like it is kind of right now, you don't know who to turn to. You know, and we yep. said this before the season started, Casey, like, OK, when you need a bucket and, and last night they needed a gazillion of them. But when, <laughs> when you need it, when you need a bucket at the end of a shot clock or at the end of a game, who do you who do you go to? And I don't think you have any answers there at all. Um, no. I don't know who that is. I don't see really one emerging, um, you know, because I'll tell you, you, you mentioned O'Banner. I, I think uh, Jalen Tyson has been a big like oh. question mark in the last he, he just looks like he's hitting a wall here and it's just yeah it's just not coming easy to him at all he just looks kind of when he when he just gets it thrown to him and he doesn't think about it and he just shoots it those are plays but when he when the game slows down and he's got to operate in the half court it, it's just it's a bit tricky for him right now with what you're seeing and um, I, I, I just, you know, I'm just looking at the individual pieces, boy. And it's just, it's just hard to envision that you can kind of get it flipped or what you could change, but boy, it needs to start and start in a hurry. And you've got a multi-decade head coach who took a team to the sweet 16 last year, uh, that has got this task before him. And I just keep coming back to this ain't his first rodeo congregating a team and trying to get them to pull in the right direction. But I don't know why it's been so, so difficult uh, to get that to happen so far this season. And man, we've been so spoiled because this is not the first year, Chris, uh, as you know, where you're thinking, man, is this guy really going to be the leader? He's only been here for 45 minutes, but he's Bryson Williams. So hell yeah, he's going to be a leader. <laughs> he's, yeah. You know, we, we've yeah. had that kind of experience where guys arrive and immediately it's like, all right, if you're the dude, We'd love for you to be the dude. Like, we have these positions available. This has probably been the most desperate situation. And some of those other years where you had newcomers playing large roles, you also had some program stalwarts, you know, guys like a, a Shannon or, or something like that, or like a Culver back on the, that team when you had, you know, guys like Mooney or Tariq coming in and needing to play those roles. You've already had some guys that were entrenched as, as foundational pieces. And, yeah, I don't know who that is right now. And I just think it's hilarious, again, to myself, uh, I laugh to keep from crying that the guy that I'm drawing the play up for in that moment, we're talking about not knowing who it should be drawn up for is a wild haired freshman who shot one for nine from beyond the three point line last night. That's still my guy. <laughs> I think that probably says all that needs to be said about the situation right now. Tech back on the road and back with a big opportunity coming up this weekend as they'll take on the university of Texas. And we'll have more thoughts this week to get you set for that bounce back opportunity boy i'm spinning it right now it's just all opportunity right every challenge is an opportunity or something that a therapist would say okay we're going to move away from basketball for a moment we're going to get to joey mcguire and the red raider football program coming up next comings goings new contracts old contracts new coaches old coaches we'll talk about an assistant coach now that is headed to Norman, Oklahoma, what it means for the immediate future of Texas Tech football, and also what else is going on with trying to at least uh, keep some of these assistants that, that really did a nice job for you in Lubbock, happy and well-paid. We'll get to that coming up ahead on Locked On Texas Tech. 
But first, today's episode brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. All the action, all the angles, all the angles on the action. It's your live betting HQ now with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Always the fastest and easiest way to keep up with your favorite events and your favorite teams on game day. And if you love sports podcasts, you're going to find sports podcasts at Bet Online as well. So head to the website today or use your mobile device. To learn more with Bet Online, where the game starts. You got it. It's Locked On Texas Tech on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day on YouTube or anywhere you get podcasts worldwide, intergalactically. We appreciate being your first listen on whatever space station you were dialing us up from, and we hope that you'll make Locked On College Basketball. Your second listen, brand new podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. That's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube or wherever you get podcasts. We're stepping away from hoops for a moment because you had some uh, interesting news pertaining to Texas Tech football. Chris, I don't know how significant it is really just yet, uh, but certainly attention getting. You mentioned, I think it was last week, maybe at the end of last week or early this week, um, Emmett Jones, Texas Tech wide receiver coach, two-time. He's been back around twice now in Lubbock. Um, was uh, essentially being targeted by the Oklahoma Sooners. And now we learn that Emmett Jones is going to take them up on that targeting, I suppose. So Texas Tech is losing a wide receivers coach. He's headed to Norman, Oklahoma. And there's a whole lot uh, to digest as it relates to this move, whether we're talking about player personnel coaching personnel or otherwise so please tell me where do we begin this conversation and gauging the significance of this movement well uh and and there's a lot of sidebars here uh that we can get in (laughs) yeah get in get into as it relates to kind of this uh this you know situation uh but the the this has been going on for um at least two plus weeks that I'm aware of. Okay. This kind of, I don't know, courtship or flirtation or whatever we want to call it. And I think that, um, there was a lot of dots to connect. If you knew what to look for, um, you know, I know that, uh, you know, I, cause, cause I guess at face value. So look, this is done. He's, he's been hired by Oklahoma. Oklahoma has announced it. Uh, that the, the, this part is what's bizarre to me is that I think he was in line for a raise here. He was one of the highest paid receivers coaches in the big 12. And it's an extremely tenuous situation in, in Norman and it's not in Lubbock. So that part is like weird to me. Okay. Uh, so the, the only, the only thing that I, cause I'll, I'll tell you how we got from A to B here in a second, but the only, cause I mean, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, okay, why, like, why did he leave? Uh, I don't, you know, and, and again, we're, we're, we're at some level biased here. So I'll just make that very clear, but I don't, I think Joey treats his coaches extremely well, like from the standpoint of he gives them family time. He doesn't grind them down. He's not, he doesn't have them up there 18 hours a day. I mean, all, all those aspects. Look, you, 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 you turn this program around, you were winning. He had worked with his offensive coordinator before. He had some say-so. 
uh, with Zach Kitley um, and all these things. He kind of coached inside and outside receivers, which is a bit of a unique uh, skill set. And that's going to be one that's going to be difficult to try to replicate when you hire somebody coming in. Uh, but but why does he leave for Oklahoma that just went six and seven? And so the, the only thing I can figure in is because it's a blue blood, because maybe because he tried to get the North Texas job and didn't get it. Eric Morris got it, uh, ironically enough. Head coaching job. Interesting. Yeah, that's right. And so he he very clearly wants to be a head coach at some point soon. And so my guess here is that he feels like in his career arc that it's an easier to get a head coaching job as the receivers coach at Oklahoma more than Texas Tech. That's the only thing I can come up with on why he has chosen to take this job or pursued it. Because the reason I say that too is because he also – was involved with the Texas job as well. There was some discussion there once Texas lost their receivers coach to UNLV that he was in line. His name was being thrown around there. Uh, so, and that's not by accident. And so that that's for, for the same reasons. That's what I wonder. Uh, not to say that Oklahoma is not going to pay him a bit more or that Texas couldn't have paid him a bit more. You know, uh, Texas Tech had to pay $600,000 to get Emmett out of his contract uh, at Kansas and they really took a chance. Okay. And there's, there's, you know, if you want to play that card, Hey, it's just business. Or if you want to play that, man, there's no loyalty here at all. You're, you're, you can feel free to play that card because there was none shown whatsoever here. And Oklahoma, I think is going to pay, uh, I think around 300,000, maybe a slightly more than that to get him out of his Texas tech contract which I do think was in the midst of possible renegotiation. Uh, and I, I, you know, I even hear that there may have been a match, uh, like Texas Tech potentially was looking to match it, whatever Oklahoma was willing to pay. And I don't know what they settled on. So it's just a weird set of circumstances, Casey. Uh, I don't really, like, grasp it. There's times when I'm like, well, that makes sense. Uh, but he's probably burned some bridges here. It's fair to say, uh, and you know, and 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 you know, and I and I think that you know. So I, I I don't know how much immediate impact it has on your football program, but it, you, if you looked at a lot of the social media by Texas Tech's receivers yesterday, he clearly had good relationships with a lot of those guys. And something we'll talk about uh, in, in, you know, a later show is that it could affect your roster a bit, but we're, it's too early to tell on that. I'm really curious. Well, about a couple of things. First off, what was the connection for him with Joey McGuire's staff specifically to Zach Kitley? Okay. So, yeah. okay. So there's the question. There's the answer. I didn't know. Cause he, he was here before left came back and I wasn't as aware uh, of what you were just alluding to there that Texas tech, uh, went kind of above and beyond uh, to oh, get yeah. him back here. So I was curious why almost, they felt compelled. And almost like it, it wasn't good, you know, so that was one of the first things that when, when Joey and Zach started talking about the job and, and him hiring Zach as OC and all that, that's one of the first uh, things that he mentioned is, I want to, I'd love to try to bring him in with me. Is so, that recruiting, Chris? Is it coaching? Is it, what, what is his skill set? It, it okay. is a prior relationship. Yeah. You know, when Zach was here with Cliff, you know, Emmett and Zach worked closely together then as kind of, 
you know, quarterback coach slash receivers coach. I mean, they were just kind of in, in the foxhole together and they know what each other's about and all those things. And I, I, I could even tell you that, and this is kind of funny to think about now or sad, one of the two, but I know when, when Emmett got, got the job back here and coming back, he told Zach, Hey man, I, I, I think that we, we can be Lincoln Riley and Dennis Simmons, but better, you know, and that's, you know, Dennis and, and Lincoln are two guys that spent a lot of time here and they obviously did just, you know, crushed it at Oklahoma, ironically. And then, uh, <laughs> and then, and now we're doing it at USC. So it, again, the whole thing, oh. the whole thing is just bizarre. Uh, I, I don't really grasp it. I mean, only Emmett can explain. Uh, I, I, I've, I've given you my theory on maybe, you know, cause he, he wants to be a head coach, make no mistake. Yeah. He's trying to use Oklahoma as that, uh, you know, uh, is that next step, I guess. And maybe he felt like that that's easier to get to that point at Oklahoma than Texas tech. Um, he's the Oak cliff guy, right? And he was the head coach at South Oak cliff or he, yeah. Years and years ago. Now, okay. We're talking now 10, 12, 14 years ago, I guess was the timing there. I mean, it's been a long time. Cause I mean, he was, he was at tech, you know, geez, uh, 10 years ago or so, you know, for a yeah. first stint. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, so, and, and he does, you know, I, I think people talk about his recruiting some point too, and go, man, it's really good. And other people say, Hey, it's really overrated. That's for the people that are, you know, in charge of, of hiring him to, to decide, uh, you know, and all that stuff on what he brings from an X's and O's standpoint or recruiting standpoint and all that. But I, I do know he had good relationships with, with text receivers and I get, you know, that may about to be, be tested a bit. We'll see. I don't really know how to gauge uh, what he was for Texas tech, especially in the second iteration, because I, you know, for what I heard about his recruiting prowess, I don't know if I really felt like in either stint, I saw that just manifest entirely, but I'm also not the recruiting guru. So I certainly could be missing some things. And this year in his second stint, I just, I mean, I didn't feel like the wide receivers were, were good or certainly consistently good. And so I don't really know how to gauge, Chris, the significance of this departure. I know he's Kitley's boy. I know that, you know, the relationships well, between coach and pl- – was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I know the relationships between coach and player, how they come together. But none of that suggests, like, he's a great recruiter or he's a great developmental coach. It's just I really like the guy. I mean, there are people that like me, but I can't recruit anybody. Um, I think there are at least please write in if you do. I'm very desperate to find a friend on YouTube. Um, so I just don't, I don't really know how big of a deal it is just yet. And the circumstances are so odd, Chris, that I'm willing to make a leap and guess right now at this being his loss. And I mean, the circumstances that you've outlined here, the state of the two programs, certainly Oklahoma will remain a blue blood, regardless of whether or not they have to fire a coach or or whatever. So I get that, but man, these ships are floating at different angles. One's almost not floating at all right now. So uh, I'm inclined more so to just feel like that. that's Emmett Jones's loss, and it's not going to be Texas Tech's loss because Texas Tech's momentum was not built by Emmett Jones. It's built by Joey McGuire and then obviously all the guys that uh, support his efforts. But I, uh, I don't like to see it. I don't think any Tech fan is going to like to see it. And, yeah, coming up on tomorrow's episode, we're going to get into – some fallout potentially roster-wise. Uh, Jaron Bradley's at the top of the list, but when you think about 
those relationships he has with some of these pass catchers. And in this era of easy movement, what kind of movement could we see? Also want to get into a conversation coming up, so be sure to join us uh, tomorrow regarding what else surrounds Joey McGuire as far as assistant coaches. Because I know, as you talked about, there have been wheels turning as we try to keep folks happy and keep folks taken care of following a great debut year uh, for Joey McGuire and his staff. So we got plenty more to get into coming up this week. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube so you don't miss an episode. Chris, glad you made it back to West Texas, man. Just something a little more special in the air whenever Big Handsome is back in the 806. <laughs> so glad to have you back and enjoy the time today. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. Uh, enjoyed it. Wish we had uh, better stuff to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I don't want to go to uh, – I, I will say this. The first trip to Ames six weeks ago was a lot better than this last one. But I'm glad I don't have to go to Ames anytime soon again. Um, and uh, But, yeah, we'll, we'll keep hope alive, keep grinding. But, uh, yeah, we, weird show today. And, uh, but we'll, we'll move on and try to figure out some uh, more fun or better stuff to talk about here going forward but this is this is the news man uh, lost this the game in Ames and lo- lost the receivers coach there we go <laughs> this is the news <laughs> deal with it <laughs> we don't know what else to tell you and shout out to the farmers of Ames Iowa god bless you keep clothing and feeding the nation we're right here in lockstep with you in West Texas but just like I said There's no positive way to spin the basketball game. There's no negative way to spin the fact, Chris, that you don't have to go to Ames, Iowa again for a very long time. So congratulations and enjoy that break. I do think uh, you've actually earned it as a matter of fact. Thanks for joining us on Locked On Texas Tech and making it your first listen each weekday. Make Locked On College Basketball your next listen. I mean, right now, like 30 seconds from now, I'm going to stop talking and that's when you make the switch. Locked On College Basketball for your second listen all you need to know on the college hoops scene in a one-stop shop it's locked on college basketball available on youtube or anywhere you get podcasts for chris level i'm casey cowan thanks for joining us again we'll see you next time around on locked on texas tech